Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on. On 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Good Pat. Uh, welcome back to the final hour of Tip Today. Now we're with you every weekday morning, of course, from nine. And this morning I uh, spoke to Father Michael Toomey uh, about the increase in uh, vandalising and uh, all sorts of awful stuff uh, happening uh, in Marketplace in uh, Clonmel. Uh, windows and doors smashed and all of that kind of thing. Here's a little of what he had to say to me just after nine this morning. And it's- and someone asked me, why has it happened in the last two weeks? I don't know. It's just, it has happened. Right. The nights are getting, you know, brighter again. And, and who, I, are, I don't who know. are these young people or where are they coming from? Or? Well, the, the lady who told me, I asked them, were they wearing a school uniform? And she said no. So I don't know. Yeah. That's the other obvious answer. And I do, do you know, I'm, friend, I'm not going to blame the young people for this either. I am. Ah, uh, no, Father Michael. No, no I'm really. not going to say them directly because if you see something like that and you're a young person and, and you're with loads of people and the way society is, I dare you, go on, go on, go in there, I dare you. That's, that's the, the psyche of young people. But if you had it boarded up, it would restrict them from doing such things. Now, I'm not saying they're innocent, friends, certainly yeah. not. They have done damage here. I'm not, not defending it. But I'm saying that is the psyche of young people. When I work with young people, that is what it is. That's what we all did years ago when you saw something odd in the, in the field or in the streets, there was something there. But if you try, prevention is better than cure, Fran, that's my, my point. If they prevent young people from going in and doing damage, it's not just young people either, I'd say. It could be elderly, uh, older people as well going in there. It was older people who were in the Clonmel Arms. So it's not just youth. It was, but it was people with drug issues and yeah. addiction issues. And, and if uh, you block it all, yeah. if you do your best to block it up, I think that is a, a preventative measure. At least something has been done. But it's a, it's a daily occurrence at the moment, Fran, and I simply say I thank you for raising it, you know, allowing me to raise it. It's a safety concern, which I'm doing purely as a safety uh, alert as a member and a, yes. a citizen of Carmel. Well, one of, one of our listeners is saying that her friend saw young people with Hurleys and Schlitters uh, deliberately smashing the windows of those units. So, I mean, that is yep. real vandalism, you know. At the, at it's, it's pure vandalism and everything. And it, it's an educational thing as well and trying yeah. to tell people, you know, to respect it. We do our best in our schools as well, you know, but it, we all have a common duty. That's Father Michael Toomey speaking to me just after nine o'clock this morning. Don't forget the Marty Party. It's coming to Limerick for the first time ever to the uh, University Concert uh, Hall there. It's happening this coming Friday and we're celebrating that by uh, having a pair of tickets to give away on the show every day this week. And we'll be speaking to uh, the great Marty Morrissey on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward uh, to that. So if you want to win a pair of tickets, it's based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp. And if you put the Marty Party at the end of your contribution, we will pop you in to the draw. Now, you'll often have heard me speak about St. Declan's Way. It's a pilgrim walking route linking Cashel and Ardmore and it follows the route that Declan took when going to Cashel to meet St. Patrick in the 5th century and St. Declan's Way walk kicks off on March 18th and I'm delighted to be joined by author and educator and hill walker John G. O'Dwyer. Good morning to you, John. Good morning indeed, Fran. Thanks for the invite. You're very welcome indeed. Great to see you again. Um, This is great that this is happening, isn't it? It is. It is fantastic. I mean, it is, I suppose, what I think has been happening to some extent in Irish tourism is there's been a kind of an urbanisation of tourism. You know, it's moving into Dublin, into the big centres, Killarney, and rural tourism has been dying out. I think 
think mm. we spoke about that the last day, how the rural B&Bs are declining. But I think pilgrim walking and what these people in Knock Me Down Active who are organising that are doing is that, you know, they're bringing spending, they're bringing people back into rural Ireland. And of course, when people are walking, they tend to, to spend nearby the route. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. And of course, it's all volunteer effort. And I mean, I won't claim, I'm just kind of speaking on their behalf here, yes. but the, the nuts and bolts on the ground is all done by volunteers. Isn't that terrific altogether? Um, what about accommodation, John? Mm. Because that, that's an issue uh, nationwide, isn't it? Is it an issue for walkers? It is, yes. Yeah. It, on, this, on this walk now, you really have to travel. In other words, we'll say all the accommodation will be gone in Care, gone in Lismore, gone in Ardmore. Now, it's great, I suppose, people have to travel a bit and a good few now are staying uh, here in Clonmel, but it is a big problem. We have allowed tourism to urbanise to a large extent, and that has meant then the knock-on of that then is that the rural B&Bs are closed, are, have closed down. So how do you, without uh, accommodation base, how do you ignite rural tourism in these rural areas? And that is one of the difficulties, and we certainly have, you know, on this, these walks and anyone who's not doing it, there's no doubt that around Goaton Bridge it can be difficult because one of the stages stops there and another one of the stages down at Aglish. But a fantastic thing is that the monks, and we were out there, weren't we? Yeah. But the monks yeah. at Mount Mellory Abbey, they have a, a hostel, a pilgrim hostel open there, specifically for St. Declan's Way. And if you walk it in six days, you will end up in Mount Mellory on the third night. And I think on a pilgrim walk, that's something to be experienced. So, you know, uh, there, while we're losing a lot of accommodation, that's one of the positives mm. from, that has sprung directly from this route. And you spoke to me before, you would like to see the whole tradition of B&Bs to emerge again, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You know? I think when we are doing something, and we haven't been doing it up to now, when we're putting in a new project like St. Declan's Way, like the new path to down in Wexford, it should be an integrated process. So as part of that, then grant aids should be available, enhanced grant aids should be available to local communities. We'll say in this case, mm. some you identify a need around Goaton Bridge where you're not competing with anybody else to create a new B&B there as well as that, and down in Aglish mm. as well as that, there should be it should be all part of that package because I think they were the lifeblood of rural Ireland. What you'll know yourself, we maybe twenty years ago plus twenty B and Bs in Cashel, now three. It's incredible. Now, you put this out there, you got a lot of national attention for it as well. Has anything been done? Has <laughs> no. No, I'd say that is probably the thing. This well, is not the first thing I've put out and drawn national attention I know, attention yeah, but you'd it. imagine, I mean, this is our tourism we're talking it about. It is. Here, you know? I think the Minister for Tourism has to look at it. Now, I did mention this, in fairness, the Board of Tourism Ireland were down in the Cashel Palace and I met with them individually and I spoke to them exclusively about St. Decton's right. Way and they were all hugely impressed by it. And, of course, that is the thing, you know, getting things out there. Many of them had never even heard of it. But I also argued for the fact that with the development of walking and pilgrim paths, you need to develop B&Bs along with it. It's part of the product. And, yes, they all, you, you certainly do. all said, said yes, and they were very amenable to that kind of thing. So right, but let, <laughs> let's, let's see some the, action I on this. I keep trying, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, the spiritual aspect, is this our Camino? 
Yes, I think it is at this stage because while the Camino out in Spain is much longer and if you want to you can walk on it for six or seven weeks. Most people go out and they walk the French Camino for one week mm. and the St. Ecton's Way can be done if you're reasonably fit in five days. I prefer, I think it's better to do it in six days but that's the average amount. One week's walking is the average amount of the Camino. That's what the market is, is demanding. But I think if you look at the United States or whatever, there is very little awareness. I would say if you went in to the tourist office in uh, Los Angeles and you asked somebody there, I'd like to do a bit of pilgrim walking in Ireland, they'd say, we probably don't have them. I mean, you know, I think the powers that be haven't been good at getting the message out there. What it certainly is and should be marketed as such as uh, uh, not the Irish Camino, an Irish Camino, but remember, we stick to our own language particularly in Shockton Aguilaga. It's a Cusson Ilrock a, a pilgrim path. Oh, so uh, uh, tell me about uh, what's happening then. Uh, the 18th of March, that, that's the first phase of it, is it? Uh, Cashel de Care? Is yeah, it starts off from Cashel de Care. And now, I mean, there are, on every one of the stages, there's a minimum of 150 people booked in. So it's pretty heavily booked, but there are still some places available on nearly all the stages. So it will start in Cashel. People will go to Care. Everything is done for them. Have a cup of coffee there if they want to, if they're waiting around. Be bussed uh, up uh, to to uh, Cashel and then they start then their walk from the Rock of Cashel and they walk down to Care. When they get there then uh, they'll have refreshments there uh, in the local uh, community centre and then of course the important thing is they just walk their cars or whatever transport they have are parked there. So the logistics of doing a linear walk is sorted out by Knockmill Down Active. The next day they will walk to, to uh, go, park at Golden Bridge mm. and be bus back to right. care. And how does it work, John? Are they led? Are they informed as they go along? How does that work? Well, it is waymarked, but there are marshals all along the way and how the marshals tend to operate is they tend to cycle. So they tend to be along with them. They're ahead then maybe at vital crossroads and that just for safe crossings and that kind of thing. I mean, these people are really really experienced at mm. doing this and I've been with them a lot and it's always a totally seamless and I'm amazed, I mean they are able to use volunteers almost with military discipline they're always there where you want them so I think it's one of the great examples of I think, you know uh, a com- com- community rising up Phoenix-like and creating for its own area. Isn't it great? Will they be given some information about where it is they're passing and you know They will indeed, yes, yeah. absolutely I mean, that is the thing now. If they're with a guy there or whatever, they will, and we'll yeah. talk about the Rock of Cashel. I've been um, sequestered to actually give them a send-off. Have I'm you? supposed to be saying a few words up there, Very so good. I'll certainly talk about what's along the way. Of course, you were born in the shadow of the Rock of yes, Cashel, but there's yeah. also the Minican Abbey, there's Loch Kent as well as that, and then, of course, come into care, and the great Norman Castle dominates the place. So I'll probably be rattling on about that, but when it comes then, whoever is starting them off in care will have Very to do good. that. But they will. They'll certainly know. I remember St. Declan's Way is like the Camino. I have walked the Camino as well. You know, there's antiquities around every corner on the, on the Camino, and there is as well down in, 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 down in, in, in St. Declan's. you say there's very few places left, so it, but, I mean, if people want to have a go at, at getting on board here, how can they do that? Get on to St. Declan's Way and book through St. Declan's Way, absolutely. That's and, you know, Way.ie, is it? Yeah, on, Declan, sorry, it's the, um, th- that uh, website, St. Declan's Way.ie, or they can... Uh, 
uh, email info at stdeclansway.ie as well. But you can book directly on Eventbrite right. Right there. Can you do one of the stages or two of the stages? Do you have to do all of the stages? No, you can do about. one stage if you wish. So you will get heavier booking on some stages than another. For example, the one, the stage which goes from Golden Bridge down to Lismore, because it picks up Mount Mellory Abbey along the way and the beautiful crossing of the Knock Me Down Mountains, that's always the one that books out first. So if you're thinking about that stage, which is stage three, get in there right away and, and book right. it up. Now, I presume that people are walking this all of the time, not just mm. at this particular time. People, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you need, that's the way with pilgrim paths, but you need more logistics. In other words, then, yeah, you're going to put a rucksack on your back and do it in a pilgrim way, so you stop in care, no problem getting accommodation. Then maybe you get down to Goaton Bridge, you know, um, you may have to walk quite a bit to get accommodation off the route. It is a much more challenging way to do it. So the way Knock Me Down Act of doing it is totally seamless, but somebody can put a rucksack on their back and go the whole oh. way uh, down along, and of course it's fully, fully Waymart as well as that, or what your simple thing would be, the first stage, park your car in care, get a taxi to bring you to Cashel, walk to care and do that the whole way down along as well as that. Very good. Are there future plans to make this longer or incorporate other areas into it? No, is I the, don't. This is it now? This is, is it? it because, okay. I mean, the important thing is you must be walking in the footsteps of okay. Pilgrim's yeah. Pass. Yeah. So some people have suggested, could we not bring it up to Holy Cross? But there's no evidence. In fact, we can be absolutely certain that St. Declan never went to Holy Cross because Holy Cross Abbey would have been built about 600 years later than the time of St. Declan. So that would... uh, would And and do you find that the people who might like to take part uh, in this that they want it to be authentic? Is that... that, Yeah, they want the authentic feeling. I have written a book about the Kerry Way as well and I have written about the Pilgrim Paths of Ireland and they're quite different. This is authentic. It's a a sense of walking into the past, a sense of uh, seeing the antiquities along the way and feeling that you're walking in the footsteps not only of a saint but of Pilgrim's Past as well as that. When you were on the Kerry Way, a big selling point would be you're now in an area almost that nobody has ever walked before. That's what they like, the escape, the austerity of it and getting away from, from... human civilization. Uh, what we are doing on the pilgrim path is walking through human civilization, but into the past. It's a lovely idea. You explained that so so <laughs> so well, indeed. All right. So from the 18th of March then until April 30th, and it, it's every weekend. Is that yeah. What well, it's, it is? It, they're doing it. I suppose uh, they're now uh, they're doing it in five stages yes. to make it more convenient and more attractive for people. So they, they're going to walk it then in five stages. So there's two stages on. Then they try to have a holiday weekend on a holiday weekend, so that when on the uh, Monday people can rest. So you have, uh, sorry, you have the bank holiday then on St. Patrick's Day. We don't, they don't walk St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day. So they're on the 18th, 18th. and 19th yes. then. And then on Easter, they're only doing the 8th then. They don't do Easter Sunday because it's such a family day and that people would like to go back. And then they do two days again. So uh, at the end of April, the 29th and 30th. And the great thing about that, of course, is if you walk even a week on the Camino, you know, unless you're very careful of your feet, you almost inevitably end up uh, with blisters. I climbed all the high alpine peaks. I went out there first time ever I got blisters. Because remember, the pressure, when you're in the Alps, every step is different. The pressure is always the same, yeah. much the same. So you have to be careful about that. So, I mean, the great thing is that if people are foot sore, they have blisters or whatever, they have a few weeks to recover. So it's, it's a, a really fantastic way of doing it. But I would think anybody can organise it, talk to the accommodation along the way, and maybe come down during the summer and walk 
in St. Declan's Way and then try to spend, leave a few bob right. in the local community. It seems to average it. out to about 20k each Yeah, each 20k, phase, that's it. Each stage of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you're doing it in five stages, it's actually an average of 20k. The right. route is 115 kilometres. I now, uh, when, and I have written, I have put it into my book, and I'm doing it in six stages. So I'm even, even nicer. And that will be coming out at less than, in other words, about 19k per day. And that can make a difference to some people. And of course, as well as that, it gives you the time then to stop and look at Ladies Abbey and the Liam Lynch which monument. Is all which is coming up now. They'll be passing by that as well. So, Indeed, you know, yeah. it's fantastic. And I think, you know, this is the way slow tourism. I mean, Falch Ireland, I've been arguing. This is one thing I think they may have listened to. I've been arguing for a long time that up to Shannon, up along this area, slow tourism was the way to go. I was at a presentation there lately and they had the slow tourism proposed for the Irish Midlands. So, Maybe they listen to me. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe they, they will they, indeed. They, made it up themselves. they get together of the hotel federations happening in Kerry, I think, today over the next couple of couple of days. Yes. And of course, one of the big challenges now is whether or not hotels hold on to yeah. uh, Ukrainian refugees or not, as the case may be. Is this going to be the big challenge for tourism this year, do you I think? I think it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think then you have a double cost, because first you have the cost of looking after the Ukrainians. I think we should do that. But what nobody anticipated is the loss of overseas revenue, which would come if hotel spaces are not available. So that would be a particularly double cost to the Irish economy that wouldn't be suffered in any other country. And we are so dependent on tourism. I don't know. I have no idea. But I mean, it must be a temptation for a hotel. Rather than take the risk yes. that you open up and people will turn up, you have a guaranteed income source there. All, if, all year round, all year uh, round. as opposed to the seasonal sort yeah, of... Yeah, and you, if you want to, you can get a house in Malaga and live out there, you know, compared to running a hotel. So I think it's definitely a very, very big threat. And we have to look at that. I mean, um, how much we should help the Ukrainians, but how much we can absorb in a relatively small country that's very highly dependent on tourism. Right. I think that hasn't been taught through. But then I think government but is generally any, by any, any conversation around this is, is shut down immediately. Well, you know? that's it, absolutely, because the problem is you're seen as being, you know, anti-Ukrainian. Yeah. And, of course, everybody there, genuine refugees coming in here. But we, have a, we are hugely dependent on tourism. So it may be time for other countries who haven't taken as many per head to fess up to the table and take their, their share. But I mean, we should continue to help them. But I think we have to look at that. And until we can find alternative accommodation for it, I think it's very difficult to see that we can keep taking them at the rate we are. All right. Something else you're going to talk to me about today, and I'm delighted you are, because, of course, we find stories of this every single year. People getting lost on the mountains and, you know, it's a beautiful day out there today. People might be tempted and stuff. What happens if you get lost? What should you be doing if you get yeah. lost on the Do you remember the time you got lost? I knew you were going to break that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three or four hundred yards above Clanmel. Absolutely. Well, totally disoriented in such yeah, a short time. You can just really totally disoriented. So if yeah. there is mist up there, what tends to happen sometimes is that people walk around in a circle, you know, yeah. and they come back and they and until they get absolutely exhausted. So the one thing, if you're going to do anything at all, if you are going to move, and you now, if you're going, if you're able to ring Mountain Rescue at that stage, you're probably better off to stay in the same place so that they can find you 
and not to move. But if you do move, I think the important thing is to move in a straight line. Now, and remember when you were in school, they used to talk about the prevailing winds being from the I southwest do. in Ireland. Yes. So you will find that if there's a bush there or whatever, you will have uh, you, you have wind sweep on it, and it will point generally northeast. But there may not be a bush around when you're high up on the hills. But the mountain grasses, they will all tend to lie in one direction. That's generally northeast. But it doesn't matter if you follow the lie which they're going. You are going to go in a straight line. So that is one of the things to remember as well as that, you know, if the situation isn't too serious, mm. right? Another thing would be... But the straight line could have you going the opposite y- direction. Well, at least you're not going around. Yes, but the point is that if you go in a straight line, barring you come to a cliff, most likely you will come off the mountain. Okay, it may that. not be exactly beside your car. Yeah. And then you may be cursing and swearing and talking about that old fella John But that's Dwyer a good that tip. Day. That's yeah. a good tip. You could, yeah, you can do that. Right. As well as that, then, if you keep going in a straight line, sooner or later you'll probably come across a stream as well as that in mist you can listen can you hear a stream if you can move towards it and then all streams go downhill so you think well that's it the problem is solved mm-hmm. the only slight problem is what happens if the stream goes over a cliff and you, that could happen in the comoros so you may have to walk around that as well as that but again you might be able to go left and right but again if you're following a stream seams don't go in a circle the main thing is that at least you're going in a straight line right technology yeah then if you want to, then everybody should have it on their phone, which is a, an, an app which shows the Irish grid reference. And before I came in here, I looked up where we are now, and we are at twenty. It's it's a six-figure one we use for maps, and we are at at twenty-two three twenty-three four. And if we then you see that you see that's what you should have had with you there. But if you see that. It's in the door, so there's 22, right? I come down along here until it intersects the 23 line, right? And that's 22, 23. And that box there then, you see that box? Mm -hmm. That is a one-kilometre box, and we are within that area. But then if you look at that, you also see, you see I have... Three there and four there. So it's the old thing is in the door and up the stairs. So mm. first you go across the map. So if I go three, we'll say to that line there, if I go about uh, one third of the way across, I get to about there. Right. And then I'm coming up, up from the bottom, and I get four, about four tenths of the way up, and there you are, bottom of the floor. Very good indeed. Now, tell you. now, that's on a physical map, mm. but you can have this on your phone. You can have it on your right. phone as well as that. But, There's all but kinds will, of will, it, will it tell me where I am? Yeah, well, then you know where you are, right? right? But the next thing is then you have to know, you know, where you want to go. Okay. And that's where a compass is pretty useful because then you'll say, well, the car park is northeast of here, right? Okay. And uh, so you walk then from there in that direction. In other words, it's very hard to find your way to somewhere. It's like the Kerry man. If you don't know where you were in the first place, <laughs> the man would say. So this tells you, I think everybody should have it on their phone. And remember, if you ring Mountain Rescue, then you can give them, this is a six-digit one, which tells you to within 100 metres, but it's a heli- Helicopter or mountain rescue, they'll be able to get your position to within one meter with maybe five degree, five meters of, of, of inaccuracy. Good. So they can come straight to you. With no and that app is readily available. Oh, what, what, what is the Irish grid one, and they're they're all up there. I think okay. everybody who goes out should have that on their phone. But remember, the other things never depend on it. It may not work when exactly you want it. So if you're going to be out in mist, these are desperate situations. Jo- 
guy in a club, learn, this, learn how to navigate, have a map with you, have mm. a compass with you, and have this with you, your phone and everything else. But it's like I always think, you know, it's great if an autopilot can fly you over to New York. You still want the pilot to be able to fly the plane, wouldn't you? <laughs> you, do. <laughs> you do indeed. Um, just general advice up here, because whenever you come on with me, I have this feeling that people say, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it this time. I'm mm. going to get out there and we're going to go walking. Advice, John? Yeah, well, I think the thing is now we're coming up to the very time of the year when, you know, spring is starting to spring. People are out there. The sap is rising. I would suggest go you do small things. Maybe uh, if you're up around mid-Tipperary, you know, we were there. Walk into Darina Flan. Isn't that absolutely it's fantastic? incredible and it's flat and it's an easy walk. And, yeah. yeah. We'll say loop out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting mixed up because they talk to the grilling. I was going to say Kirkle the Hinch, but uh, the inch loop as well yes. as that. You know, yeah. I could oh, remember yeah. it Irish. I couldn't remember it in English, but it's inch loop. And uh, that's one as well as that. They're fantastic. They're flat as well as that. And I think, you know, start up slowly. But I would say the important thing is all the clubs provide low-level walking as well. I know mid-tip, why not join their Friday evening walks? They'll be starting at the end of April. But I'm sure if you look up, you know, peaks or you look up in a or any of those, they all do introductory walks as well as that. And, you know, I think, you know, once you get into the habit, I always see it, it's a gift that keeps on, on giving. And so many people have come back to me and maybe said to me, the most important, you know, the one thing I really thank you for, you introduced me to hill walking. Of course, yeah. And, that's what I and as you've proven to us in the past, age is not a barrier no, to get involved in this, which is, yeah, which yeah. is terrific. I hope not, now because I'm getting <laughs> going that way myself. Go way out of that. Uh, tell me about the book, by the way. Are you rewriting a book or rejigging a book? Yeah. Well, do you remember I had 50 best Irish walks yes. out? Well, now, I mean, that did, for a guidebook, it did reasonably, uh, did very well, actually. And it sold out. It came out last May, and it sold out now. I mean, there's probably still a few in the shops. It sold out of all the stores. So we brought, I worked over Christmas then on a new edition, and I put, the, put it to the publisher, and they were happy to go with it. We're putting in St. Declan's Way, because nobody had written about it up to that. And this is a book for moderate to easy walking, and I would consider St. Declan's Way. So there's a full chapter with day by day, with maps, with everything else, day by day descriptions of St. Declan's Way and the antiquities that are along the way. Everything has to be seen. That will be coming out on the 1st of April. It'll be in all the local bookshops. It'll also be online. But again, you know, uh, pop into the local bookshops, buy it there, you know, and uh, maybe then you have that then and you have the maps and everything else. You can do it independently over the summer. And I think, you know, you'll really enjoy it. And, you know, and we've also upgraded a few changes. You know, roots are always changing. Very, very good indeed. Well. Um, is there a book on Declan, by the way? Is there? Is there well, I suppose I, I, there would be in the there would be the the early Irish saints and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not sure there's an absolute uh, bookland. Siobhan De- De- Lincoln did write a book. So mine is 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 the first on the modern way. Siobhan Lincoln, who is from Ardmore, she did actually write a book and uh, with Dick Lincoln, and they actually a book which was had a lot about Saint Declan's Way and was about, you know, the early route. Right. Uh, and uh, that book, I'm not sure if it's not out of print, but that would be the main one. I certainly have it at home and that, and it's a great resource. Right. No, I was just wondering about Declan himself. And, yeah, you know, no, his I don't own think life that, and, I've never yeah. heard of anybody. Yeah. And of course, a lot of it is that at that stage, there was no written history in Ireland. Course, yeah. So it's all folklore. In fact, the earliest piece of written history we have is actually the Confessions of St. Patrick. That's right. the first piece of actual writing. Well, he was a that. contemporary of Patrick. He would have been a contemporary. Yeah. And of course, Waterford people would believe that he would, he was there before Patrick, mm. and he could have been as well as that because the Roman Empire had Christianized for a hundred years. So 
the, the one thing we can be 100% certain of, Patrick made his contribution to Christianizing Ireland. Christians would have been in Ireland before Patrick because the Roman Empire was already 120 years Christianized. Right. And we were trading with You Roman. know, we don't want to hear that, of course. We want, we want to believe the myth, don't we? <laughs> and, that Pad, and that, as I say, Paddy was a Brit as well as that. No. <laughs> Welsh, was it? Welsh well, was it? It, they don't know. They don't Again, know. he yeah. didn't make it clear himself. He was actually living, all we know is he's, he was living in a Roman town yeah. and his father was a fairly important official in the Roman Empire. But whether it was Wales, some think if he, if he was seized and brought across to Slemish, it might be more likely that it was up around Northumberland, somewhere yeah. up there. But Very good. Just not, not that I want to get you into trouble or anything. Have you any reservations about how St. Patrick's Day is going to happen in, in, in Dublin and with the woke element to it and all of that? Does, does that... Do you have any concerns about that? You mean concerns? The, the people take a part in the march and maybe using it as sort of political stuff and all of that. I suppose you'd hope it's a celebration of Ireland, so you'd hope that it won't be highly politicised and mm. that kind of thing. I think the unfortunate thing, anything that attracts, you know, uh, a lot of attention mm. worldwide, inevitably, you know, people will try to muscle in on it. Yeah, I remember yeah. well being at, you know, where when, when the hunger strike was very young, the hunger strike was going on and you had people, you know, invading GA pitches and on unveiling banners and that kind of thing. I'd hope that it can stay. A con- the one consensual day we have, and of course it's huge, because remember, you'll have, you know, we'll have St. Patrick's bands down here. We celebrate St. Patrick, but you also have St. Patrick's skills in the Orange Order as well. So he's very much a unifying saint, and I hope that continues. All right, well said. John, great to see you as always. Thanks Thank very you. much indeed. It's 11.33. We'll take a break. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie